0: your heads. Dear God, thank you that we could be here another week and I pray that you would just give Dan Dan the words to say as he's speaking tonight. And I pray that you would prepare the seniors as they're preparing for what they're going going to be speaking on next week. And thank you that we could just be here to fellowship with one another week in and week out. And thank you for the impact that we're able to have on the world around us. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Um you know, it's it's it's. Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard y'all sing so well, and not just talking about the band's performance, but y'all just jo- joining in. So I just appreciate uh, just the spirit that's here tonight. Uh, and and if you think about that song, what is, what it's about, there's gonna be a day when we are singing holy, holy, ho- 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 holy to God. And some people think, well, it's just repetition, and we're just doing this thing over and over. But man, what what p- power there is in our God! He deserves all of our praise. So I just appreciate that that moment uh, for t- tonight. One more thing that was shared: we are going to have a Senior Share Night next week. This is a night where seniors have the opportunity to testify about. What God has done within their life and maybe something they've, they've learned that they want to pass on to the, the youth group. They're not like gone forever, not allowed to come back through these doors. But life tends to take them uh, and move them along as they sort of be responsible and grow up some uh, or begin to serve maybe in the church some, some, some someplace else. So it's really a neat night of, of sharing. Uh, uh, 12th graders, if you can sign up on that list that's in the back, if you are even interested in sharing so I can begin to sort of set that up and plan it out for next week. Also, if you uh, seniors talk to Lydia uh, on if there's any specific songs you may want sung for 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 next week, she's like, "Wait, he didn't tell me about this." Yeah, so if there's any songs for next week we might can pull off and um and do again. I would actually really like to do that that last song again for next week uh, just for me because uh, I'm can okay. Uh, we're in the book of First Peter, written by. Also wrote the book of 2nd. Y'all are amazing. He was one of the 12. That's very right. And he wrote it to who? Believers Believers who are what? Scattered. Scattered. Okay, they're scattered. They're away from their their homeland. Now, we talked about something uh, last week, and I'm going to refer back to it in a second. But first of all, who here has ever seen the show American Idol? That is one of the most painful shows I've ever watched in my life. Uh, and there's there's something. Have you ever watched somebody, have you ever known somebody who thought they were good at s- something? They were actually totally convinced they were good at something, but they weren't? Yep. And then you try to figure out, how can I tell them before they do this in front of a group and really get filleted in a bad way? Right? Have you ever done? Well, I've got a couple of, of, of clips just to make you squirm and cringe a little bit. <laughs> because, and, and, and th- th- this is one thing. um it's funny. I, I watched these quite a bit as as I tried to figure out where I was going to go to start the message tonight. And um, I'm amazed that people are stunned that the judges judge them. Oh, <gasps> how dare you judge me? Judge? <laughs> I mean, I mean. So uh, you know, a judge is they're there to critique and give them a, a yay or nay. And whenever they do a nay, it's crazy. And I, I didn't bring these clips on because they got really whack was like when mom and dad come in the room and come to the judge's table, and they're all like, I can't believe you didn't give her the golden ticket to Hollywood. <laughs> and you're going, uh. And they are just, just yelling at me, you are the meanest person. You said she couldn't sing. And they're like, the judges are going, it's your fault that they're here and that their feelings are hurt right now. It's your fault because you've been lying to them for years. Uh, so watch this because sometimes you just got to cringe when you watch stuff. So take a look. I'm sitting right here. Don't let the sun go down on me yet. Although I search myself, there's always someone else I see. I just allow a fragment of your life to wander free, oh, oh, oh. but lose and everything is like the sun going down on me. Sorry. That's okay. Sorry. Uh, oh. Roland. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's a uh, I even think you would do badly in Kosovo, Idol. I mean, that was absolutely horrific. And time. Goes by So slowly And time can do so much Are you still mine? I need your love listen li- listen if if you have a friend that tells you one day when you're riding around the car, "Hey, hey bro, you can't sing." That's a good friend. A good friend t- tells the truth to you cuz sometimes you you just can't and the problem is and y'all I can't even I can't ever watch the show because it's just it's just you're like, "No, oh, no, 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 not this person." And then it, they crash and burn and bloods everywhere. It's just hor- horrific. Um, But the problem was someone boosted him up, gave him a lot of man, man, you are good, man. I heard you from. I was in the back room and you were in the shower, and it sounded like an angel. And they're like, man, I seem like an angel. I'll be the next American Idol. And they're they're doing drugs, and there's something's wrong with them. And we've got a problem in society today where sometimes I think we falsely build up people. And it goes on with the whole theme, and this may hurt some feelings. It's not meant to hurt feelings at all, but participation trophies. Hey, hey, good job on sixth place. Here you go, six out of six. You're like, wow, that's perfect, right? And we act like it's it's a great. Hey, you tried your best. Here's your trophy, and the kids are walking around. Some of them are like, look at my trophy, and you're wanting to go you're the best loser. I mean, right? Life is not full of participation trophies. Adults, am I right? Yeah. It's just not. At work, you're like, "Man, they love me. I was the worst employee ever and I got a, I got a raise." That doesn't occur. And another thing, kindergarten graduation. Let's yeah. Let's put a Let's put a cap and gown on a kid and, "Hey, a- ABC's 1 2 three's, well, you couldn't really get your ABC's, but hey, we'll graduate you anyways. Hey, here you go." That's so much for moms, right? I've got some people in the back room going, Nick, it's all right, bro. It's all right. He's like, I've been waiting for Ezra to do this. We tend to lift things up. I think praise is nice. I think it's great. I think we need it. Do you all agree? Okay. so, So after saying all that stuff, but sometimes there's too much praise or there's false praise. But praise is nice, but praise without perspective leads to puffed up people. Praise without perspective, the right perspective, leads up to puffed up people. They think, like you saw on the show, I'm going to be the next American idol. And they sing and the judges are like, they're just dying. Why? Because this is not going to work out for you. So, But praise with perspective leads to purposeful pe- people. So when you receive praise and you have right perspective on it, then your purpose is right. And so what I love about this text that we're about to go into in 1 Peter chapter 2 is, he has just lifted them up in a great way. And it's not false praise, what you saw on, on the screen here. It's good praise. He says, you are a chosen pe- people, a royal priesthood, a holy ni- 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 nation. You were once not God's people, but now you are God's people. He has just boosted them up huge, right? Does that make you feel good at all? If I were to say, hey, if, if you believe the word of God, if you are a Follower of Jesus Christ, you are chosen, you are royal, you are holy. Does, is that good? You are God's, man. a lot of things can hit me in this life, but as long, as long as I can cling to the fact I know that I am God's, man, it's so much better. And so Peter understands though that 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 praise without right perspective it's going to crash you, because I don't know about you, but if I get praised a little too much, I start to think, Dan is all that in a bag of chips. Does that still relate? Did you get, does that term, that, that work? It, I don't even know what it meant back in the day, but it was something really good. I was never the guy with all that in bag of chips, but I knew a couple of them. And so, so praise can, can, can be bad if we, we hear it and we think, man, I am great, I am chosen, I am royal, I am holy, I am God's. I am better than you, and I feel like, I sound like Doug from Up, and you, and you, and you. So, so you know, so that's not part of my notes. Um, so the text we're about to get, Peter understands this truth. He is just lifting them up on, on who they are in Christ, okay, and, and, and you are this great stuff. And then he says some, some things here that sort of should straighten them up. You might be this great, but this is the way you ought to live. So we're going to stand and read this text, just this sort of a main text uh, in First Peter chapter two, beginning verse 13 through 17. He just said, "You are cho- chosen royal and ho- ho- holy." And then he says this: "Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the king, as supreme, or to gov- governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good." for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should be put to silence the ignorance of foolish pe- people. Live as people who are free, not using your f- your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for your text. God, there's a huge truth. There's a There's a foundational truth in here that we all need to get, especially teenagers, need to understand tonight. It's, it's, it's pivotal to, to, to walk in faith and to understand our relationship with you. God, I just ask that you'll help that to be clear tonight. Help me get out of the way. God, we ask for you to move in this place tonight. I thank you for every student and adult that's in this room. God, help us to hear you and to respond. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, have a seat. First thing he says, you are great, you are great, you are great, you are mine, you are subject to every human institu- institution. I just spit you're in a splash zone, sorry. So, so what does that mean? He said this great stuff, and now he says, hey, but you're subject. That 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 and what he's saying is authority in your life that's made by by humans that isn't going against God's word, you've got to follow. You might be this great, but you've got to follow the Authority that's in your life. Now, think of teenagers or almost teenagers that are in this room. What are authorities in your life right now? Parents. 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 Mm. Okay, parents. We can say that nicer. Parents. Very good. What else? What Teachers. Teachers. Authority. Pastors. Pastors. Trump. Oh. Trump. Trump. Down here. I hear Trump older siblings hey do i hear here here for that one there you go that's right that's right okay who else in the life of a teenager who else is is there you name like five things off who else has authority in your life your employer the boss man man my boss is a no kid uh employer yes what else Youth pastor—that fits under yeah. pastors, but yeah, youth pastor really has the most. I'm kidding. Uh, grandparents fit with parents and family. God, okay. God has ultimate authority in your life. Let's, yeah, that's right. He, he, he has it. Who? The popo, the police. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Uh, the police have authority in your life. Have you ever been stopped by the police? Oh, sorry, Seamus. Sorry. Oh, you wanted me to to, to use you in a a, a story, so you you got pulled over, right? But the good thing is, you had the the pastor's son in your car, and that got you out of a ticket twice. 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 Don't ride with Seamus. Parents understand that. I love him, but he drives like a blind man. He's, he drives like a col- col- colorblind man. Okay, so who else has authority in your life? What else, as a teenager? Miss Rooney. Okay, okay, good. Shh. You know what else I thought? Taxes has authority in your life. You know there are there some of you well, I don't pay them yet. Well, you're running from the law, or you're going to start very, very soon. Uh, and the the gov- 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 government. I say it a lot, just so you won't forget it. The government. Has authority in your life. Is that a lot? Yep. Dude, that, Nick, guess what? Not your boyfriend or girlfriend. Well, I'm about to go into false authorities. Nick jumped the gun on me. So, what are false authorities for teenagers? Boyfriend and girlfriend. Boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Listen, stop saying, hands down. Dating relationships do not have authority in your life. Amen. Uh, uh, I would dare say engaged relationships do not have an, Authority in your life. Once it becomes a marriage re- relationship, that has authority I- in your life. But until vows are said before friends and before God, that doesn't have authority in your life. Don't miss that because some of you act like, uh, "Listen, I, I love them. I'm like you're 11 and you've known them for two days, right?" <laughs> so, so that doesn't have authority in your life. So, what else does not have a th- authority in your life? Strangers. Strangers hopefully do not have authority in your life. In truth, in truth, I think that is a false statement because they do. Trends come all the time. What we wear and how we look is, is set up by folks a lot of times we don't even know. And we look and go, man, that's cool. Man, I, I, I want to be like that guy. Uh, so, and that's a false authority in your life, and it controls your life. Uh, it controls, I think, teenagers for sure. It still affects adults. Uh, a lot more than we tend to want to admit. What else uh, is a false authority in your life? Social media, Social media. amen, brother. And you, we allow that to have authority and rule in our life. Sort of. We got to b- get the right picture. You know, I, when I've got to take a selfie, I've got to figure out how to get my chin right so it doesn't show four of them. You know, <laughs> do all that. We, we we're all vain and stupid about that stuff. I don't ever do that. Uh, so. Um, we also allow our peers to have authority in our life, our friends. Uh, the biggest thing, uh, there, there's a verse in prop, 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 Proverbs that says, a, um, uh, he who walks with the wise is wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Dude, that's a, that's a fantastic verse for students and adults. If you want to start to do dumb stuff, hang out with dumb people. If you want to start to live wisely, hang out with wise people. If you want to start to 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 seek after Christ, your close connections should be those who are seeking after Christ. That's just the way that's going to work. All right, so we've got false authorities, and we have um, fake ones. But of the pr- pr- proper authorities, parents, government, teachers, bosses, pastors, um, do we understand... We're told to follow it for God's sake and for God's will. We do that to glorify God. Now, I've got a story. Uh, I had been serving as a youth pa- 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 pastor for about four and a half years. Uh, I had no kids at the time. And I was at this church, and uh, I was the the se- senior staffer there. But I worked with youth and was starting to do administration there at the church. We had a... a a worship guy we brought on staff. We had a discipleship guy we we brought on staff, and the senior pastor had been there for quite a long time. And I remember, uh, and I, I'm I'm sad to say it, but I share this because I want you to understand that this stuff can wreck you. Uh, I was paid quite a bit less than all the rest of the staff, and I knew it. My pay was around thirty grand a year, and the next staff guy was at fifty one grand a year. I I was in a position where I trained them at the church, and then I almost oversaw them, but because of my age and because of my youth pastor position, that's sort of what I was, was given. And uh, and at the time, I felt like no one, no one cares. And I remember being upset and wrecked and bitter. I mean, bitter about it for six months or more. Man, it just wasn't fair. And some of you go, man, that doesn't sound fair. But let me share this, what I learned. Six months of having nights where I didn't sleep at night, I just tossed and turned. I was mad. I still did my job, and I think I did my job well, but, but uh, my at- attitude was all wrong. Um, six months, I was reading some scripture, a lot like where we're at tonight, and I began to understand one one truth. I believe that God is sovereign, in control of all things, and I believe that God wants me to to follow the authority and respect the authority he has placed and allowed in my life. The personnel team who set my pay at that church and would, would re, 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 review it each year, God has allowed them to be an authority over my position. And if I believe God is who he says he is, then he's allowed them to do that, and he's allowed me to be paid what I'm paid. So what right do I have to be bitter if God ever – I really believe God is God. And uh, And that next year, you know what occurred? I didn't get a raise, but my attitude had changed, and I knew that you know what it doesn't doesn't matter uh, if this is what God want, wants me to have. He's wanting me to learn something, and I learned a lesson through that six months. At the the end of it, I learned that has helped me through the rest of my life. Uh, but it was a hard one to learn. I don't want you to walk down that road because sometimes we go, man, it's not fair. You don't understand. Who is the, who, uh, I've got to go to class and they don't like me in my class and and this is not good. If you believe God is who he says he is, then God has authority over all things and he has allowed this authority to be in your life. How are you supposed to, 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 to respond to that? Authority with grace and respect. But man, it's not fair. They don't deserve it. Well, do we deserve Christ crucified? Do we deserve our sins crucified? Forgiven, if we've been changed by Christ, it's going. It's got to change the way that we live and respond. Does that make sense? Now, I've talked to teenagers time after time, uh, where I've met with them and their parents, and things are not have just gone south. And this is how the conversation goes: Mom and Dad, they're just not being fair. Trying to grow up and be a man, and they just won't let me do what I want to do. And the parents going. We just want him to give us a call like every four days if and let us know where he's at. A lot of times the this, this student's just out of control and the student's like, and this is what I know, guys. I, I want you to get this. And most of you, I would say, I would, I, I could, I could say most of you in this room come from a loving home of some sort. There are rare cases where, where there's not a loving home and there might be abuse in the home and that. There's a whole different way to deal with that. But if you come from a home that is somewhat loving at all, do you understand God has placed those parents in authority over your life for you to learn to respect authority? And if you cannot ever learn to respect and honor the authority of your parents, you will never honor God and his authority in your life. Never. And that's a strong statement. But if you don't get this right, the odds of you to get it right between you and God, it's very, very, very slim. The, perp- the, the point of the purpose of your parents in your life is so you learn what authority is. And when you learn to, to respect their authority, when you get out of their household, you're going to understand what it means to respect God's authority. So when he says this verse in verse 13, re- read, read that again. Be subject for the Lord's sake, not for your sake, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution. Everything that we listed off. Do you understand? God is using that to train you to trust him more? When we respect authority he's placed in our life in truth, we're just respecting God more. That's how we, we learn to do it. Does that make sense? Yes, no? Some people are starting to fall asleep. It's good. Hang, hang tight. Uh, look at verse uh, 14. I just want to read uh, really, 15. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to to silence the ignorance of foolish people. And and he says this, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. We like to be free, right? Yeah? Man, just give me my freedom. Some of you at 16, you're like, I cannot wait to drive. I'm going to have freedom. And some of you are like, I don't really care to drive at 16. I don't understand that, that, that view. It's, it's a half and half world now. Back when I was a teenager, we were clawing. We loved our parents, but we were clawing to get that ID so that we could just take off and, I don't know what, do awful stuff. Uh, but we just couldn't wait to be free. But f- freedom here, so does that mean God just wants you to be free and do whatever you want to do? So what does the freedom mean? Because it's talking about a spiritual freedom here. And this is what spiritual freedom is. I think I've got uh, just a couple of them just to throw on, on the put that, that first slide up. So live as people who are free. One, it means this. Free from the bondage of sin. What, what's this text saying about? Hey, you know what? That, that sin that has enslaves and haunts and wrecks and hurts and is messy, you are you are not enslaved to sin. If you are a child of God, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you may str- str- struggle with sin, but you are not I- enslaved to sin. Two, it means that you are free from the guilt of your sin, dude. That's a fantastic thing to be, man. And we sin, and we have got to repent from that sin. But but He takes that guilt that we should have, and it is has been sent to the cross, and it is no more we are free from the guilt of sin because we've been redeemed by Christ. The third thing is this. We are free from attempting to be good enough for God. Do you understand you can't be good enough? If you're trying, quit trying just to be good enough because that's not going to work. We we, we do good because it honors God, but it doesn't gain us any access to him. We are called to live free. And then he says this. Don't live free. Uh, 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 Look in verse 15. Uh, live as, as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Well, and you've heard uh, it, it said something, man, I've been saved by Christ. I can do whatever I want to do. It's not the way it works. If, you, if you've been saved by Christ, if he has redeemed your life, he's transformed your life, you're, you're not going to run towards all those sins and not care what he thinks. So I uh, understand that's a red flag. If you are still, you're like, I'm, I'm free to do whatever, I'm going to live my life I've already been saved. I'm going to live and do what I want to do because I've already been saved. I'm scared for you because I don't think you understand what salvation means. When he changes you, he changes you. He takes his heart of stone and puts a heart of flesh, a heart that's alive. A heart that was dead is now alive. Now, understand this. Submitting to authority of human institutions ends when biblical teachings are broken. Okay, the word of God is through this. God and his truth and his word supersedes any law or rule that human institutions put up. Our ultimate authority is God. We are ultimately subject to him, and only after God are we subject to human institutions. Uh, It means that we we are given a command to do something that's against God or the word of God. You, you, You disobey, and it will cost you. Uh, if you're committed to sin at work uh, by lying, you say, I can't do it. Uh, if, you sin at, if you're sin at school by cheating, if someone in the, the leadership gives answers for a standardized test, you don't do it. If A coach tells you to do wrong or harm or be hateful on in a team sport, what do you do? You honor God above all else. Does that make sense? Some people go, Well, I just did it because I was told to do it. The authority said, no, 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 God's authority supersedes them all. And then verse 17 is a beautiful statement of living. He, he says this statement. He says this. He says, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Some, has, uh, some of you have em, em, emperor in the spot where it says king. The actual word, same word, can be used for both there, king or Emperor in verse 13 and and 17. Honor everyone. This is what this means. Believers are to treat everyone with dignity and respect. Because they are human beings created in the image of God. Everyone. Even those that are mean. Especially those that are mean. What about bullies? Yeah. Yeah, man, love them too. What about politics? And I don't agree with them. Yeah. Yeah, dignity and respect. We honor everyone. Next line, I love love the brotherhood. Man, what a great name for the body of Christ. We are the brotherhood, and what are we to do? Love. When the world looks at us, go, man, that group. Man, there's something different about that group. Man, they like, they really care about each other. The thing that when I went to my first camp when I was lost, the thing, the thing that that rocked me the most, right before. I heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And I knew I was I was I was different from this group. Was that this group loved each other in an incredible way? First three days, I'm watching it going. This has got to be fake. This can't be real because I've never seen this before. Love the brotherhood, and then fear God. Man, if we just if we fear God a little bit better than we do, I think our lives would really look different. And this is what fear and God to me. Believing God is who he says he is, and God can do and will do what he says he will do. Man, that, that's fear and respect of God. And then it's, he says this last thing honor the king. Once again, treat with dignity and respect. But I don't like our political lead, elite, 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 leaders. What if I don't like any of them? I, I understand. Dignity and respect. Honor. Everyone Treat them, those that are in high position, just like those that are in low position. Don't treat them any better uh, than those in the low, but treat them all with dignity and respect. Authority. Man, we've got this authority in our life. We've got to learn to submit to it and f- and follow it. And some of you might go, well, what does it mean? I meant to explain this before. In the, in the church, do you understand if you are a regular attender of our youth group, you are in the body of of, of Christ here and are you if you're a believer in Jesus Christ you understand I'm respo- res- responsible for your soul not that I can get you saved or make you saved but God holds me at a standard that I have got to look out for you the best that I can so when I come in here and teach and preach and prepare I am just trying to feed you and guide you and help you in this thing called life because I'm responsible For you and and I take that as a real thing that I have, but this is what it means: I've got authority in your life where I will speak truth to you sometimes, and you will hate me for it. I've I've spoken truth and tried to, and I believe in love to so many youth that have never come back to church, and it's the saddest thing ever. But I've spoken to some youth that are soaring and it's worth it. Why do I do it? Because God has said, you've got authority. I've got authority. And, And so it doesn't make me better than you. I'm not like, don't, don't like run outside and go wash my car. Well, you can wash my car if you want to. No, you don't treat me higher than that, but I'm responsible for you. And that's the authority I hope that you allow me to have when you come in this room, time after time after time. So when I come to you and speak to you and go, hey, you doing all right? i I've heard something, can we talk about this? I hope you you go, oh, okay, he's doing this because he cares because he's responsible. That makes sense. Pastor Mike's the same way. he's got authority, Pastor Nick same way. there's authority we're responsible and 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 we're human. that's the problem, man. We don't get everything right and do everything right. I wish i I could and did uh but when we what's great is with the staff that we work with, I'll tell you this we we lift each each other up we look out for each other and i think we help each each other be better men of god uh and that's the only way i think our our church does so well is that the staff cares about each other and as we walked this thing that was all that was all free stuff there there's one last little line here uh just don't miss main point tonight authorities in your life follow that respect your parents sometimes you just need to some of you need to thank your parents they're not perfect But I guarantee most of them are trying as hard as they can. And uh, when you're a parent, you will understand how hard it is and and how we sometimes get it right and sometimes we we get it wrong. There's a line here in verse 18 I want to touch on because if you've read it, you might go, hey, what's what's this about? It says this. It says, servants, be subject to your masters with all respect. Now, we're not going to go into the whole realm of this, but I want you to understand the context here because context is key. Peter doesn't use a Greek word that we use for servant all the time, which is doulos. That is a servant that owns nothing. He uses a different word. I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but it means a, a, a servant or a domestic worker, a, a worker in the household. Now, in Rome at the time, in in the the Roman towns that he wrote he wrote to, there were hundreds of thousands of of what they would say servants or even slaves. Who that was? They worked in a home. They were they they were either ca- uh, captured in war, kidnapped, or they were born into slave, slavery, or they sold themselves into it to pay for debts. So so that was the way that they had slaves. When we hear the word slaves here, we think of uh, of uh, America in 1850, right? Uh, and it's not the same context as that. But it's through war. It's still not a good deal, but understand 90% of probably the church converts at that time were servants and slaves. So so Pete, Peter is 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 wanting to to write to them to guide them because they're like going, "Well, what do we do?" And he's like, "Hey, I want you to 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 be subject to your masters with all respect." And he he says this, and we'll talk about this the next time that we when they're good to you, that's great. Be respectful to them. But even when they're bad to you, Be respectful to them. Why? Because I want you to point them to Christ with everything that you've got. And how can we end this tonight? No matter where you're at as a believer in Jesus Christ, whether people are good to you or bad to you, our goal is to point them to Christ. They don't deserve it. I know. Point them to Christ. Man, they deserve it. I love them. I know. Point them to Christ. That's sort of what this authority thing is about. Why, why do? Why are we subject to it in the end? Because we want to point them to Christ. Sometimes we're in homes where parents don't know the Lord or, or, or have put their faith in Christ. I understand that. I grew up in a home just like that. What do you do? You live out your faith and you point them to Christ by the way that you respect them. Right? Good? Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for tonight. Just a chance to talk about your word, just your your truth. Uh, and uh, Lord, help us to um, understand there's authority in our life. And uh, God, help us to follow all the authority that you place before us. And Lord, if above all else, Lord, we want to honor you and the authority that you have. And uh, Lord, for every student in this room, Lord, where, where there's a relationship with parents that are broken or hurting, God, I ask that you mend and you heal. Uh, Lord, help uh, students and adults like to be hum, 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 humble, uh, and to um, understand that though we are chosen and royal and ho- holy, we're also called to be subject to uh, these things you placed in our lives. God, I thank you for placing them within our lives to, to, to guide us to know you and to love you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, I do have a camp a lead, a leadership meet, a meeting in here in about